Teamwork Arts podcast, ladies and gentlemen. The idea here, of course, is to go behind the scene and uh, try and figure out the thoughts behind the actions that animate uh, the people who make the art. And today we have uh, the incredible Vidya Shah with us. Thank you, ma'am, for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be uh, here. Absolutely wonderful to... Uh, I've been a long-term fan of the music, so uh, <laughs> it, is, uh, it is a joy and a pleasure. Um, ever since the age of 12, it seems the, uh, the melodies have been your friends, yes? So, you know, the thing about the internet is it just picks up random stuff and yeah. then, you're, you know, you're, it's etched for life. So, <laughs> so, some announcer obviously said at the age of 12, you know. Yeah. I, and the Carnatic classical. I was like a little surprised well, there. Actually, music has been uh, literally a part of my life from the time I was born because uh, like a lot of good, uh, you know, tamrams, I grew up in an atmosphere of music. My mother plays the Saraswati Veena. My wow. sister's a Carnatic musician. So, in a sense, there was no escaping for me. Sure. And uh, eventually I also started learning uh, with a lot of hesitation, but yes, I had to succumb. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when was it, I mean, for the record that you, <laughs> that you Let's started? Let's set with the your... record right. <laughs> yes, it's important, isn't it? Because uh, Wikipedia and the first paragraph are powerful weapons of knowledge, aren't they? Because I tell you, it's the ultimate, uh, you know, source of truth. Yes. <laughs> or now. so uh, it's, uh, it's become. No, around then, I mean, you know, 9, 10 is when... Sure. Uh, uh, I remember actually when I was uh, when I was 12 my sister was performing so I sat on stage with her so ah. maybe that's how it got sort of interpreted in that sure, way but sure. yes music started and then of course uh, uh, there was a lot of learning that was involved as well because you so uh, you know I often say it's like Riyaz and Talim you know these are two real uh, these are essentially two cornerstones of any musician's life. For sure. Uh, Talim is, you know, who you're learning from, the rigor that you go through in the process of learning. And uh, Riyaz is how you sort of deal with what you learn. For sure. And uh, there's a lot of drudgery. There's a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's also a mysterious world in many ways, you know. Sure. Uh, because you're... You know, your guru will arrive on time. I had a teacher who was very, very meticulous. He would arrive at five in the evening and every every Thursday I would get up in the morning and start praying. I hope he gets fever and he doesn't arrive today, you know. And of course, my prayers were not heard by anyone and he would arrive. And it was really like, uh, you know, it was like a Prem Chopra moment for me. The villain has arrived. But, uh, but yes, it, you know, the you go through that rigor, you go through the drudgery and then there is the moment of transition when you start enjoying it so sure. yeah there's also of course uh, uh, now with the uh, we live in the age of instant fame and uh, the seduction of glamour has sort of uh, you know um, glossed over the grime that goes behind the education and right. education is of course a very very important part of uh, uh, of any art form so of to speak uh, and there's always been that debate about natural talent versus uh, uh, hours and hours of riyas. Where do you stand uh, on, on that debate? I'd like to believe I have a bit of both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I do feel, I do feel that uh, some element of aptitude is essential. Mm. You know, some element of aptitude uh, which could then become talent and which could then become potential that needs to be harnessed and so on and so forth. Sure. But if you have aptitude, then you 
you stand a better chance of becoming a performer let's say so yeah. even if you have not learned for example we've had greats like manade saab kishor kumar saab who have not formally trained sure. and they were i mean hello we all know they were brilliant musicians <laughs> you know Absolutely. so clearly it was a thing of aptitude it was a thing of talent they sure. had a flair for it let's say for sure. uh, but if you have a bit of both then it's really uh, you know the best of both worlds if one can say uh so yes i i think uh i do have it in my blood sure. and uh, my father who never trained was an exceptional singer so i guess somewhere you know the genes uh, did their work they do and then of course like i said i had my uh, now of course increasingly technology also seems to be doing that that work as well yeah. um i would like to assume that you come from an analog age where <laughs> where the power of the vocal cords uh, was was higher than the power of a Uh, of a tweak on a on a software so um, a lot of people are using technology to make music as well which is not to uh, diss it in any way or, or, or whatsoever but you know the the raw power of music uh, to me would always be watching a performer in front uh, with nothing but the power of that talent between yeah. us uh, separating us uh, technology seems to have taken that away from us a little Do, would you agree Well technology is like a double edged thing you know sure. i mean uh, yes it has made uh, made the production of music uh, it has given it different forms and possibilities sure. uh, and we may agree with some of those possibilities and disagree <laughs> with others sure. so i don't think we can write it off in one way or the other right. but the flip side of technology is that you know it has it has allowed for say uh, someone like me i come from a tradition which is very very uh, you know which believes in grammar which is very structured but suddenly because i have exposure to so much music because of that technology you know so i can bring other influences into my singing which may not have, i mean it was much more dogmatic earlier when you didn't have technology in the picture so i think there is good both good and bad to technology but the bad definitely yes it takes away from like uh, what you pointed out there is a certain uh, rawness about the you know the fact that uh, you can manage analog as well as you can manage a For microphone sure. i think that's the thing that's the uh, that's the difference that i feel with or without technology does also know? i think mistakes are what make art human isn't it uh yes i mean you know a friend of mine used to tell me ek aad galti hogi to koi farak nahi padta dil se gana chahiye you know mm. so there is something about uh, music which should reach out to you not uh, just at a technical level it should also reach out to you emotionally so many people so many thousands of my uh, friends in the audience don't understand necessarily the technicalities Absolutely. of the music i sing Absolutely. but it 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 appeals to them because there's an affect there's an emotion associated to what i'm singing and it does appeal to the heart which makes it a passion doesn't exactly. it exactly and then of course uh, uh, the one thing that's intrinsically associated with passion is exploration yes. uh, which takes time right. and in today's age of everyone talking about reduced attention spans uh the exploration of music do you think has it suffered in any way you know uh i can talk more confidently from the point of view of music that i practice yes. i mean i can't make a generalization but from my own uh experience uh if you look at how indian traditional music has survived uh over centuries now sure. i think it is uh i think that suggests that it's not just about speed and technology and attention span there is something which is there's a beautiful word for it in hindi which is tehrav 
yeah. and it has that you know traditional music has that tehrav which makes makes it possible to exist across centuries sure. it therefore has a certain resilience uh, which makes it so appealing so yes there are uh, you know with with the advent of popular music in a in a very imposing way let's right. say uh, it has taken away from the languor that people used to enjoy earlier that's a but, lovely word yes <laughs> but yes. that's not to say that the beauty of that doesn't remain for sure you know so sure. it's just a choice that people make and uh, and of course you are in a unique position to say that because you've you've seen the audiences change so to speak because you've been exposed to audiences for such a long time how you seen the how have you seen the audiences change from the time that you started or that you remember to now when you uh, when you're performing uh, in a in a pandemic year so to speak I have to say that you're making me sound like a really old person, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> fine wine, I assure you, with your fine wine. <laughs> you know, really jokes apart. Uh, I have had the opportunity of singing to really a very, very eclectic, yes. wide range of audiences. So, uh, for example, you know, every time I sing at the Jaipurit Fest, you know, they have music is such an integral part of the JLF Absolutely. scenario, and they've been around now for more than ten years, and I've been associated for almost that long. It's for not sure. that I'm singing every year, but I've I feel very closely associated with the festival and the kind of audiences that I meet there you know their hunger their passion their excitement and how they look forward to an evening sure. you know i met someone yesterday at the opening and she said oh you know i remember this thing that you did at the hava mahal you know it was part of that heritage heritage event that you had done and it was such a magical experience so that's what one really lives for right sure. as an artist it's Absolutely. that it's that it has made a difference to a set of people hey that's great it doesn't always have to be you know like oh she has 6 million followers or he it doesn't necessarily have to yes. be scale doesn't have to be the defining parameter I think we we are living in the age of tyranny of type, isn't it? I mean, we <laughs> we live under the tyranny of numbers, but sometimes uh, you have to ignore that, isn't it? Well, it is. Uh you know i mean i just feel that that should not be the only way to look at something i'm sure. not saying it's not exciting to sing to a crowd of 5000 hey yes of course it's lovely when uh, people are you know jiving to your music sure uh, but having said that even if you have a discerning audience of 25 or 50 who want to engage with your music you yes. know at a much more intimate level which is what traditional music allows you to do and sure. which is fabulous there's of course the practice of art and then there's the responsibility of art which you seem to be uh, uh, taking quite seriously and <laughs> uh, yeah quite lightly it sits on your shoulders as well which is uh, uh, but uh, you seem to be taking the responsibility of art quite seriously you know i'm i i would uh, i would steer clear of using words like responsibility but yes in the sense that i feel very committed right uh, and i feel that you know i come from a tradition which is largely an oral tradition right so guru shishya parampara all of that is very much a part of it but i've had the privilege of a mainstream education as well so i try and see whether i can combine the two uh, privileges that i've had and make my music and make the music that i practice more accessible so uh, so when i do productions like i've been performing uh, with william dalrymple you know a couple of his books we do as in a, in a performance format sure. so the last mughal the white mughals and now of course we are wor working on some of his other um, new books as well so that is a great way of locating history of you know talking about the music from that time and also engaging in uh, literature and music 
Sure. You know, so it opens up many doors. Similarly, I do a project on uh, women who sang on the gramophone uh, record through a project that I call uh, Women on Record. It's about putting them on record. Wow. So that is again stories, song, visual. You know, there's sure. so much archival material. So the moment you create a story or a context, your audience is immediately drawn to what you're in. Okay, okay, now what's she trying to say? You know, right. there is that. And then if at the end of it, if your audience goes away feeling, hey, that was fun, I think, I didn't know this, you mm. know. So uh, I like to create that effect. Sure, I sure. like to create that impact because I feel that de demystifies this whole thing, this, you know, this hawa that we make, oh, classical music. <laughs> yeah. You know, as if it's like this heavy thing that, you know, <gasps> no, I want to stay away from it. <laughs> so you unpack it, you find ways sure. to unpack it. Sure. And I think the more you, and I enjoy doing it thematically because it allows me also to research, it allows me to compose, and uh, and and I, it's very exciting to see how there is such a continuity in tradition. Absolutely, uh, and as you said, uh, you know, uh, you do uh, you do not shy away from uh, from social issues as well as content for your music yeah, as well. Yeah, so I mean, all this is you know, if I'm talking about women on record, there's definitely a gender element that yes. I'm looking at. There's an element of technology that I'm looking at. There's an element of sexuality, sensuality. All of that intersects, of course, uh, in a project like this, you know, and it also. Helps helps audiences, uh, I mean, I don't mean to sound conde condescending when I say helps audiences, but I'm just saying that in my, uh, it's my uh, effort, let's sure. say, to uh, to make it seem simple and fun. Sure. You know? Sure. So my social responsibility to that extent, yes, there is, there is an advocacy element in yeah. whatever I do. And, you know, you were talking about the pandemic year, I've set up a trust where uh, uh, I'm trying to facilitate lives of musicians and you know it's not in my capacity to uh, do financial assistance that's not uh, where I'm coming from but there are many other roadblocks that musicians face sure. you know you have to be much more online for example now no. and a lot of musicians feel like they would like to put something up but then they don't know how to use their uh, you know they just you know koi record kar rahe, uska forehead cuta hua hai, <laughs> you know ya mic bahut dur hai. so so I'm running, for example, a series of uh, workshops on how to create smart productions with your little phone. And uh, we offer, uh, you know, suggestions on what could be the simplest way in which, you know, what kind of a mic can you buy for like 500 bucks. Oh, lovely. So okay. doing a series of workshops like that with young musicians. Sure. Then for the older ones, I'm trying to see whether I can create some kind of a network which makes healthcare more, uh, you know, oh, easier okay. for them. Sure. There are a lot of musicians who are, you know, dealing with everyday illnesses, blood pressure, diabetes, so on and so forth, can barely meet ends. But if you have something even more serious, then where do you go? Sure. So in a in a situation where uh, I mean I come from a community where there is no social security, so then how do you create uh, how do you create layers of support? Of so that's what yeah I mean to that extent yes I am very socially committed. There's also um, uh, the attribution of intent that has uh, uh, become a bit of a norm in uh, in today's day and age where. Uh, Everything is is seen through the lenses of sometimes cynicism, sometimes uh, intent, sometimes uh, uh, more fraught terms <laughs> that need not be articulated now. But have you had to face any of those now in these times of maybe narrowing uh, of the intent or, or or of of the experimentation space, so to speak? Uh I've, I mean, I think there are two parts to your question. One, you're talking about the intent as in, yes. in terms of how how it gets perceived. Is that what yes. you mean? Yes, yes. And you mean experimentation as in a new as, genre as itself the, that yeah, is evolving. Yeah. yeah. So, so one, the, the more social aspect of it and two, the more artistic aspect of it. So with the social issues that you have, uh, 
intent gets attributed quite easily in today's day and age and opinions tend to be uh, quite freely distributed um, uh, so um, and of course uh, there is this whole uh, debate about uh, uh, about the shrinking space of uh, uh, of doing things without intent being attributed to it so to speak so um, have you had to face any of those problems in the work that you, you do you know it's really a case of kuch to log kahenge logo ka kaam hai kehna you know it's really right. bad and uh, and i feel that if that is going to start deciding or directing what one feels very passionately for mm-hmm. in fact i feel that for a lot of us it's more than passion you know it's actually it extends to the idea of junoon which i feel is a little more than passion mm-hmm. it's almost like passion with obsession sure. you know but yeah. in a healthy way uh, <laughs> in a healthy way so yes so as far as intent is concerned i feel that one should just do what what one's heart beckons one's to uh, sure. one to as an artist uh, in in the creative sphere sure. and if you're uncomfortable and if you're just doing it just to you know just to sort of uh, please the gallery then there is a problem then it shows right. in right. your uh, right. you know in your creative expression of course. Of course. i feel you can't get away with it because audiences are just way too intelligent you can't just uh, you, you know you can't be a scam <laughs> get away with it <laughs> whatever you want so yes as far as the, as far as the experimenting space is concerned i think there's just some fabulous new stuff that is happening uh but my only rider to all the new stuff that happens is that i believe in i believe that there are two things that one should not compromise on one is in the grammar of the music that you practice whatever that might be Wonderful. you know yes. even if you are a guitarist then you know you have to stick to your grammar if i am a classical vocalist then i can't say i am singing yaman and singing bhopali i can't do that so i have to stick to the grammar i mean that much respect i need to give my body of work so that is uh, that is one and the other is that you understand the framework in which you're creating your new work it shouldn't be a copy paste thing pick up anything and paste it on that without sure. attributing the source of course you know and that doesn't happen at all it doesn't happen at all sure. in indian music and that in the experimental space bothers me that's a yeah. that's food for thought of course that's absolutely uh, i've heard bandishes of my guru's guru and i'm like hey you know i i learned this for like 5 weeks i was slogging over this <laughs> and some random dude will come on stage and you know and that that i feel as long as it's 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 properly credited as yeah. long as there is due diligence observed on these parameters and that's no basic issues. respect as well exactly so as long as like i said grammar aap besura nahi gaare dusra jiski cheez hai bhaiya bol do ki bhai inki cheez hai humne isko naye tarike se samajhne ki koshish ki and uh, the future you uh, you see nice slivers of hope golden rays of sunshine in the future of music um <laughs> uh, you know uh, this last year has really i think set us off track a little bit sure. so uh, i mean i'm always hopeful i wouldn't say that uh, i mean there's no pessimism in that sense but i am a little nervous because i feel that it's going to take a while for things to come back to some it's not just about you know the fact that the vaccine has come and then you know programs are beginning to roll out yes that's a great sign sure but i feel i i hope that there hasn't been any sort of a psychological setback Uh, sure. you know to how uh, how um 
performances will be uh, you know received mm. having said that the flip side is that i've been listening to a lot of uh, you know discussions on the psychological aspects of you know a, a pandemic like this and one of the things that has come back as a refrain is how culture is going to play such a crucial role in handholding people into that feeling sure. of normalcy sure. so there's there's this much yes. to hope for <laughs> and i'm telling you hope is a great way to end a podcast yes. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to thank you for your time and for your thoughts and of course uh, for, for providing uh, something uh, that we all need a little more of which is food for thought yes. so i'm yes. hoping a lot of people who listen to it will chew <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you i'm always grateful to uh, teamwork you know because i think they've they've understood culture and the need for it in uh, so many nuanced ways for that sure. uh, it's lovely to be a part of what they do and it's lovely to have you on our podcast thank you very much vidyasha my pleasure thank you very much sir and that ladies and gentlemen is the teamwork arts podcast <laughs>